I have done almost everything about this industry, but none of them has been very successful. <laughs> Welcome to Mosaic of China, a podcast about people who are making their mark in China. I'm your host Oscar Fuchs. Thank you for all of your feedback from last week's episode with Louise Roy. It seems like we could do a whole separate podcast just on women's health. Today's episode is with the artist and art curator Zhang Yuan, and it's a great conversation. But before we start, you may have noticed that the Mosaic of China Instagram account has suddenly disappeared. This was a surprise for me too, to say the least. I'm trying to find out what happened and get it back online. But in the meantime, you can still follow the images on Facebook and WeChat. And for subscribers to the premium version of the podcast, I'll start to upload the images directly onto Patreon. So just head to the page for this episode, and you'll be able to follow everything there. Thanks to Gautier Squivet for giving me that suggestion. Okay, enough of all that. Let's get on with the show. I'm here with Yuan. Hi, Yuan. Hi, Oscar. So the first thing I want to do is to play you something. Uh, his name is Zhang Yuan, the Michael Zhang. Yeah, we work in the theater,、uh, but he he left to be an independent artist. I think his、uh, work is really interesting. That was our friend Nick Yu. Yeah, I think I met him in two thousand four. I was called to have an internship in a theater where he worked. They need a a, a translator to work between the director and the the local team. And then he asked, "Are you interested in coming to work in the theater?" I think yes. Why not give it a try? And we worked along for about、uh, four years. Oh, nice! In this national theater.、Yeah. So he basically was your sponsor into this world. You could say so. <laughs> in a way, yes. Very nice. Well, before we go any further, I would like to know what is the object that you have brought that, in some way, typifies your life in China. A radio. I bought it. Uh, when I was、uh, beginning my years in the university, and that's the machine that I used to connect with the world. You know the the VOA Voice of America and BBC, and、uh, we use this to learn English, to practice our listening comprehension, and also emotionally. At that time,、uh, I would use it every morning and.、Uh, Every evening before I go to sleep, so it's kind of like my body. Yeah, and it's funny because there was someone else in last season who chose the same thing. Really? He, yes, his name was Yang Yi. He's a broadcaster. Oh, it was exactly the same window that he had. He lived in Anhui Province,、mm-hmm. and that was what opened up the world to him. So that's、uh-huh. so nice that there's a connection like that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Although yours is probably more advanced because it's very mini,、mm-hmm. was that a high tech invention back then? Was it? It's high tech invention at that time, I would say. Yeah, yeah. How the hell do you still have it? Like most people would have thrown away their old equipment. The reason why I choose this object today is that there's some kind of emotional bond between me and this small little monster. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day I will throw it away. I don't know because it's not working at the moment. Right. I don't know, actually, to be honest, how long I could keep it. 
Well, let's talk about today then. So is there a connection between that radio and what you do today in China? It helps me, like uh, my English and the way I see the world. And uh, yeah, I mean, in a way, it helps me to for my life at the moment, but not uh, directly. Yeah. So what is it that you do? Uh, okay, I'm a, a curator at the moment, uh, working in a museum in Shanghai. Uh, it's called Ming Contemporary Art Museum, MCAM. Yeah, it's a private museum, and uh, it was founded by Mingyuan Group, a private real estate company in 2015, with the mission to facilitate the exploration of performing arts. I took the job in 2017, actually, as the performing arts curator in the museum to support the local artists as well as the international collaborations. Okay, so that's obviously the connection that I can make between your work with Nick Yu and what you're doing today. Yeah, I was like uh, starting the career in this big national theatre with Nick Yu, I mean, almost 16 years ago. Then I left uh, this place and I becoming artist, I think, myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for maybe four or five years. Then I started to work with independent artists. And then there was this special museum. So I took the chance and then I started to work there. Interesting. So you sort of are a little bit behind the scenes, but then also you are an artist yourself. So you span both worlds. Yes. I'm kind of kidding to my friends that uh, I have done almost everything about this industry, but none of them has been very successful. (laughs) You know, from the subtitles operator to translator to interpreter to project manager to producer to artist and then to curator, presenter, blah, blah, blah. And is there a linear line between these career paths or is it just random? Yeah, if there is a linear line, then I created myself. But I haven't get tired of what I'm doing at the moment. Well, let's talk about that. When you say that you are doing performance arts in a museum, that to me is confusing because it's performance art, but you're doing it in a museum context. Yes, I'm confused myself. (laughs) As you know, I mean... The museum is mostly for visual arts, uh, for paintings, for videos or installations. And performing arts, as we know, normally uh, you do it in the theater. But there's not a very clear distinction between the two words. And I think the borders are kind of blurring. And compared to what we see in the theater or conventional theater, particularly drama, the performing arts that we see or participate in the museums are more open and uh, you have much more space or room to try new things. And the two words are learning from each other. As we know that if you go to a theater, normally you sit in the auditorium or in the seat, right? I mean, uh, quite seriously. And you see performance taking place on stage. The the relationship between the audience and the performance is one way, or we call it the presenting performance. Right. Yeah. But uh, now they see what things taking place in the museum and the museum performance in the museum. And normally there are many focuses 
you know, instead of one leading role like the actor or actress that you concentrate on. But in the museum, you can choose your focus instead of you're forced to see what is it. And is that what defines it? Because it's so hard to define what is performance art. It almost sounds like not just a mixture between theater and art, but also dance, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There are more and more choreographers and uh, dancers who like to engage themselves in the gallery and the museum and trying to find a new way of their language, the, the dance vocabulary. And the experience, I would say, is very much different as we all talk about nowadays, this immersive theater thing, you know. But this is the term I question in a way, you know. For me, every performance is immersive. Mm -hmm. If it is not, then it is not a performance. Yeah. Yeah. As we know, and during the COVID-19 situation, there's no performance, right? All the theaters shut down, all museums shut down, and they put the stuff online. You see performance through the screen. This kind of performance, I would say, is, is not immersive. Or it is not performance. It's just at the moment is an alternative yeah. uh, to what we get used to. So maybe in the future there will be some new possibility. I, I do not shut down this possibility. But at the moment, I say, it is not performance. It's still more like video art. Right. So what you're saying then is a visual art performance is something which exists very much between the artist and the audience in that space. Yeah. And we will not really call them audience in a way. I would like to call them participants. You know, artists, sometimes they are like facilitator. They're not educating you. They're trying to share the space with you. And without the spectators, participants, the piece is not complete. Mm. Which means it's different every time, which is similar to a theater piece, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe the best way would be to think about some examples of some of the work that you have installed in the gallery. Which ones would help to explain this phenomenon? A, A performance called Father's House... A performance about 20 hours, mm. three continuous days, 10 to 12 performers performing with the works of the exhibition. The artists, they created this father's house, a huge installations, paintings, installations, and all kinds of these artworks, which occupies the museum. And then there are artists performing with the works. Right. It, activates mm. the, the exhibition. As we all know, the exhibition is not moving, right? It's, it's objects. We call exhibitions, it's like the, the presentation of objects. But performance is also an exhibition, mm. but it's a presentation of bodies. You know, it's really hard. It's, uh, hard. it's, it's beyond words. You, yes. know? you, you have to <laughs> see it. Yeah. yeah, this is the trick. Like, how do we put something which is so abstract into words? But you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, I try my best. <laughs> I guess my question would be then, so why this art form? Like even using these examples, what could the artist achieve using performance art, which they couldn't have achieved using dance, using theatre, using other forms of visual art? Everything has its own limits or or borders. So I think I keep looking for an environment where there will be new things that 
could be initiated instead of have to repeat things. It has to be provocative, to be meaningful. Otherwise, uh, it would be uh, be enslaved by consumerism or whatever. We're not trying to giving them the answers. We're not gods. This is something that you it helps you to to find the, what is wrong with with your life. You need theater performance to create the bridge that people would uh, try at least trying to realize uh, what is behind. I'm not saying performing arts is the medicine. But at least we create a mirror in which that you could see things, at least see yourself. Provocative has a meaning of like counterculture. It doesn't have to be. It can just provoke a emotion, right? Provoke anything. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I definitely I cannot agree with you more. I mean, it's not really about politics, right? Not really. I mean, it's, it's it's about your own life, your own community, the family, or everything. It is not has to be. About politics, right, right. Yeah. So, you are the curator. So, you obviously have the power to bring into this space the things that you want to see yourself, or the things that you think the people want to see. Like, which one is it? That's a very good question. I mean, uh, I'm not in the mood to please anybody. I know because the museum it is not commercial. Oh great! So that's quite liberating for you. Yeah, it's an unprofitable institution, so it's not about uh, pleading each other, and uh, it's not catering for uh, what they already know. So the answer to the question then is: you curate for yourself. Uh, I would not say I curate more for myself. It seems to be that uh, I'm a dictator. No, <laughs> I'm not at all. <laughs> And I do not own the place. No, I'm also an employee. I'm working for someone behind the museum. You know, so. But I think、uh, this someone behind the museum is open enough for me to create something more interesting. Yeah, things that you would see in a big theater definitely I will not present. And our location, many people feel, is a bit far away from city center. So I need a. Good reason that people would come, so people would have this expectation that they could not see elsewhere.、Mm-hmm. So this is something I have to keep in mind. And then, what kind of feedback do you get from the audience, from the participants, as you say? Like, do you hear about how it impacts them? How do you measure the impact that this work is having? After every project, we'll have a review. It would not become just a theatre piece. It would become a project,、yeah. which means it has something more. Like we will create some installation works. Maybe later there will be an exhibition about it. So to extend the possibility of discussion over this topic. That's interesting. Yeah, because that's when you can then put it on social media. You can then have people interact with it in a different way. So that's when it has a life beyond just that space. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, Gradually to realize that the performance itself is very ephemeral. Yeah. It happened, then it's, it's gone. You know? Yeah, yeah. So for each performance, maybe only one hundred people or five hundred at most. So what? <laughs> I mean, compared to to this live streaming,、uh, the 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 world we are we are now yeah, living in,、yeah. right? So how could you expand the influence, yeah, of this art? That's right. But then at the same time, that's when it gets harder because the more people you can meet, the more on the radar you are, and then the more politics, right? 
You know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually an advantage to being under the radar, right? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, that's true. So that's that's the the, the conflict or the paradox that we are facing. Well, that gives you the passion because the space itself is the reason you can do some of these works. Mm. I mean, tell me about this space. What what does the space itself bring to the performance? It used to be a a factory called Shanghai Paper Machine Manufacturer, something like that.、Uh, they kept it without renovation. It's not a white box. And it's not a black box. It's more like a grey box. Right. <laughs> so, which gives you the freedom to do both, which makes it interesting.、Mm. Almost every artist that I bring to this place, they will feel in love with the place all of a sudden, which gives me more confidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned other artists. So, how do you fit into the world of independent artists here in Shanghai? When I was working in the, the theatre with with Nick, and I happened to meet kind of a base for independent artists, particularly performing artists at that time, and I happened to know Zhang Xian and、uh, Xiao Ke,、uh, and they have a a collective s- collective yeah、mm-hmm. a collective of independent artists. We call it. In Chinese, called Zhu He Niao, so Niao Collective, yeah,、mm. would be more precise. Yeah, Niao. So Niao, that's not bird, right? That's something else. Yeah, it sounds like a bird, but、uh, the Hanzi is different, and, and most of Chinese they could not recognize what this Hanzi means. So it combines of three characters. There is a male, female, and a male. Oh, very simple. So like it means differently in different places.、Mm. I mean. With the different dialects, it has different interpretation. It could be meaning playful, or it could mean mean flirting, or in some places it means f、uh, something ruder. Yeah, something ruder. <laughs> so, so differently. So,、wow. but、uh, visually, when you see it,、yes. uh, you could see the vitality、right. of what the character suggests. And it's open to interpretation. I see how that Hanza itself is something like a piece of performative art. Yes, exactly.、Yeah. Okay, well that's smart. And so now, does that collective still exist? Like, what what form does it take? It still exists. I mean, the reason it, is, it still exists is because it's not a theatre company.、Mm. It's not led by one person. Right. Right.、Yeah. It's more like a community by some artists who share the same value. It's more project based,、mm. so where any of us has the idea or initiative to do something, then we will group people together. There will be the project or the piece or some action or movement. So it's more freestyle. And、uh, one of the founders even suggested that、uh, anyone could use the name of Niao Collective if they share this value. Nice. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Yuan. My pleasure. And let's move on to part two. Good. <laughs> part two. Part two. Question one: What is your favorite China-related fact? In a way, our society is more like a performative society. If you really calm yourself down、uh, as as an observer or as someone outside, and then you you observe what is going on、uh, these days in China. It's a theater, particularly when you go outside of China. How they see you as a Chinese, and how they see what is happening in China, then you would feel much more about this. 
Do you have a favorite word or phrase in Chinese? Ma ma hu hu. You're the first person to say that, but really? that's normally a phrase that foreigners know more than Chinese. I never hear Chinese people say that. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's kind of my my favorite. Can you yeah. explain it? I don't know why, because mama hu literally means horse horse tiger tiger. It means not doing it pretty good, not doing it too bad, something in between, right? So I, I think it's it's more like Chinese, you know, something in the gene that we don't want to be precise, <laughs> to push ourselves too hard. It is not bad, so it's still kind of qualified. But the reason I like this is is the characters. Horse, horse, tiger, tiger. I don't see a thing about、uh, why it is not something great or something not too bad. So where does it come from? Do you know? No. <laughs> I would like to keep it a, a mystery. Right.、Yeah. What is your favorite destination within China? Dali. It's like a utopia, or it's like a hippie place, right? <laughs> That you could、uh, relax yourself and do not think too much. And people seems to be think differently, and、uh, there are many artists working there. And I like the fact that the clouds are so close to you. Oh right, nice.、Yeah. If you left China, what would you miss the most, and what would you miss the least? Traditional Chinese breakfast, particularly、oh. Shanghai breakfast, 大饼油条 Are you calling English? You know. Yeah, it's those oily sort of sticks, right? Yeah. It's made of dough. Dough, yeah, yeah. For the flat one, they're sweet and salty. For the longer one, it's only salty, I think.、Yeah. Right, but it's quite oily. Like for me, it's too oily. Ah, okay. Actually, Shanghai food has a very bad rap in China, right? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, I hear. Whenever I I talk to somebody not from Shanghai, they always complain about Shanghai food. Too sweet. Yes. <laughs> uh, they haven't tried the, like the food in Wuxi or in in Jiangsu province.、Ah, Sweeter, really? Okay.、Yes. And anything that you would not miss if you left? The noise, right? In the construction site, wherever you go, yeah, there is this noise. <laughs> something being demolished, something being constructed. You move to a new house, and your neighboring is renovating. There are.、Oh, Is there something that still surprises you about modern life in China? Technology, but in a way, you know, I mean, I believe that we cannot live without technology. The philosopher who just passed away, Bernard Stiegler, he just said this: the technology is the poison, but on the other hand, is the is the solution. So you have to get along with it. What is the best or worst purchase you have recently made? So I love this experience when I work with some artists, and they would、uh, give their piece of work to me、uh, as gift. So I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I would say this kind of economy of gifts. I love that. Thank、yeah. you. What is your favorite place to go out to eat or drink or just hang out? So that that would be home. So I mean, home means my home and friends' home. And I even think of curate something about that in、ah. the future. We can blur the border of public and the privacy. If we can bring performers to people's home,、mm. that's what I mean. What is your favorite WeChat sticker? Let me send you. Okay, here it is. Oh, okay. Now hang on. Let me say this is da now e pian kong bai. Yes. Okay. Phew. I could read it. What does that mean? That means. Nothing in my head. <laughs> <laughs>
or I cannot think anything. Oh, I like it. So if somebody asks you a question, you don't want to or you can't answer, yeah. you just send that. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, when there's nothing in the TV screen. No. Great. Important one. What is your favorite song to sing at KTV? I hate KTV. <laughs> but come on, if you drink too many beers, are you never tempted to have a sing? Uh, of course I would. Uh, they would coerce me to sing. That's with it. Them, you know. I would sing, You Are Not Alone. Oh, you know that? Yeah. I do. Michael Jackson, yes, right? Yes. Why that one? Because people, I mean, when you group together, you sing karaoke, you are lonely in a way. Yeah. <laughs> but you're saying you're not alone. But it's, yeah, for me, it's. Ah, so it really touched your heart. Yeah, it kind of touches. It's touching in a way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but the, the song itself is touching. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a good song. Yeah. Thank you. And finally, what China-related media or sources of information do you use? I have to confess, I read no more papers. I mean, journals, magazines, all these sort of things. Yeah. I spend most of the time to get information through social media. Yeah. And uh, so even in a specific niche like contemporary art, everyone still just relies on WeChat, yeah, right? Yeah, there are periodicals, but I don't think people are reading it mm. seriously. Mm. Well, people will take a look, but uh, they will not spend much time on it. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Yuan. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. I enjoyed it too. It's really hard for a Chinese to talk about China when he is living in China. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's a poem by the famous Chinese poet. It's hard to see the true face of Lusha Mountain when you are in the mountain. Right. I like it. And what I'm talking about at the moment, I think, is mostly my, my life experience in Shanghai. And Shanghai, to my knowledge, is not China. Yeah. It's like New York is not America or yeah. Berlin is not uh, Germany. Yeah. In no way. Yeah, but more, Shanghai is not China. Absolutely. I mean, Shanghai has more in common with New York than it has with Anhui province, right? Indeed. Yeah. Finally, the only thing I want to ask you is, out of all the people you know in China, who would you recommend that I interview in the next season of Mosaic of China? I would introduce Mr. Wang Yichuan. We all call him Xiao Quan. <laughs> and now I call him Mr. President. He is uh, awesome. He's not only an artist, uh, not only a curator, but he is also an entrepreneur. He was born in Beijing. You know the story between the North and the South. People in South would not live in North, North would not live in South. But he, as a Beijing niece, chose to live in Shanghai and became very active. So I think uh, he's special. Thank you. I look forward to meeting Xiao Quan. Maybe I shouldn't call him that. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. Another big thanks to Zhang Yuan, least of all for being the first person to mention the phrase ma ma hu hu, meaning so-so. I had been expecting someone to say this phrase long before episode 7 of season 2. It's definitely a favourite, especially among foreigners in China. I did my research and this phrase apparently dates back to a story from the Song dynasty. That's around 1000 AD. The story goes that an artist was painting a tiger when his friend came and asked him to paint a horse. Instead of starting a new picture, the artist simply drew the body of a horse onto the tiger's head that he had already painted. The outcome was meh, mama hu hu. The other thing I wanted to clarify was the proper translation of the da bing you tiao, the Shanghai breakfast food that Yuan said he would miss the most if he left China. Uh, 
The best translation for this should actually be flatbread fritters, rather than what I said, which was those oily sort of sticks. So there you go, that was me being decidedly mama hoo hoo. Okay, here are some clips from the premium version of the show. Please subscribe at patreon.com slash mosaicofchina if you want to hear the full interview. Private museums became a phenomenon and no one knows how long it will last. Ah, oh, right. We are recreating the life of leftover girls oh, yes. in China, inspired by Ibsen's play. These people, these new members, they will create their own festivals. So in this respect, I'm very much provocative. It's kind of that I got a marriage, you know. I married my parents during this <laughs> <laughs> three or four months. And finally, today's random connection with an episode from the past is that Yuan's favorite karaoke song, Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone, is exactly the same as the song chosen by Astrid Pokosian, the violinist from season one, episode four. I could never have predicted that out of all the things that would come up twice in this podcast, it would be Guns N' Roses last week and Michael Jackson today. You guys make me want to scream. Mosaic of China is me, Oscar Fuchs, with artwork by Denny Newell. Coming up is an excerpt from my catch-up chat with Nick Yu from the Shanghai Dramatic Arts Centre. And please listen to Nick's full episode from season one if you thought I was just being mean to Yuan about the reputation for Shanghainese food. Nick is very clear about his opinion on the matter. Also, we'll be taking a break for a few weeks now as we're heading into the Chinese New Year period. So gongxi fatsai and chunjie kuaile to all of you, and I'll see you back here again later in February. So hello, Nick. Hi, Oscar. <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, you work about a hundred meters from my house. Yeah. So mm. whenever I walk past the Dramatic Arts Theater, yeah, I always think of you. I always look for you, but I、Thank、never you. see you. You are you're always busy inside somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you about your life since we did our first recording. Yeah. The first thing I wanted to ask you was. So during coronavirus, yeah, <laughs> how many plays did you write? Oh yeah, yeah, that's a really good question because you know, especially in the February, in the the whole months, I almost stayed in the home alone. So I have a a plenty of time to to write, read, and also I finished my PhD also in the February. What? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. And also I wrote about the.、Uh, Four plays, four. Yeah. In COVID, some people they were very creative, and other people they were blocked and they、mm. could not create anything. <clears throat> yeah. You were quite successful in creating, of course. <laughs> I knew you would be. <laughs> Because that have the the two different part. The one part that is、uh, for the theater closed. But we needed to prepare, and we needed to deal with all things that happened during that times. That make us to all think about the audience, how to to get the audience back. We cannot do everything online. During that period, we still have something to try. So we tried everything to try to get the audience to go back to the、uh, to theater. 
But now the situation is it seems to get better and better. Right.、Mm. And this is where we in China are in a luckier position than many people outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. For us, because we have a a lot of program, we 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 decided one year ahead. Yeah, right. Yeah. You plan so far ahead, right? Yeah, yeah. But we have a lot of the artists from abroad. Right. So that that big problem for us. So we still cancel. Yes. We cancel the more than fifty plays. Oh wow! Yeah, yes. I didn't think about that. In my mind, when you opened, you could just put on a program. But if the actors and the artists were from overseas, then you're still stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.、Mm. So in that case, do you have a plan A and then you have a backup plan B? Yeah, or have C, D, a lot of plans. Wow, to, to face the change. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. And then, did you find it difficult, or were you just focused on your work? I I think it is not the really to to be difficult for my life. I think the every time when we go outside, we must、uh, to、uh, wear the mask. That become a habit. I think is a good habit. We not really to have the flu, the other things get less and less. I think that the, that's a good habit. Yeah, it just shows. The people in China were very adaptable. They adapted very quickly when coronavirus hit, <laughs> and then they adapted very quickly once it started to be a little bit freer. Yeah. So it was interesting to see.、Mm-hmm. Well, I am releasing this in parallel to the episode of Zhang Yuan, who was the referral that you gave me for season two. Yeah. I just want to say thank you again, Nick. I'm really glad that you can continue being part of the Mosaic family. Okay, thank you.